Okay, this is Randy answering another question uh, from my friend Chris. Um, this question is, uh, and yeah, I'll just repeat the question here so that anyone listening to this would have the question as well as my response. Um, the question is, why not utilize uh, the uh, religious belief of one's upbringing, for example, Christianity in my case, with a different belief learned later in life, in my case, Zen Buddhism. And he said kind of a kill two birds with the same or one stone scenario. His reasoning being just as a precautionary measure, if one doesn't want to take a chance that they've ch chosen the wrong path and that there there is in fact a heaven or a hell and wouldn't you want to kind of apply the law of probability and, and <laughs> take more paths to, uh, to in the hope you've got one right. So I hope that was a good summary of his question. So the question is, can you know, can you do that, or why not do that, or could you do that? And so my first thought was, is this an area where where one really can do that? Can have two religions or apply two religions at the same time? And it's a valid question. Some things allow for multiples, you know, in terms of clothing. We have different clothing for different situations, and we have multiple sets of clothing so we can wash some while we're wearing the other um, and investing we do that as a matter of fact that's a basic tenet of investing not to put all your eggs into one basket but to spread it around um, and in things like sports you know uh, I was playing tennis this morning so you know maybe depending on where you live and the and the climate you would play tennis in the summer but handball in the winter when it's cold and snowy outside um, but there are things that do not allow for multiples. They're kind of either or. So uh, I was just talking about a sports metaphor, so let's look at that again. Suppose you're seriously into weightlifting, a serious bodybuilder. Well, you're not really going to be successful at yoga doing that, just because you know you're trying to do two very, very different things with the body. The big muscle mass is, is going to interfere with um, the, the limbering aspects of, of yoga. So that's a case where, and I'm sure if I stop to think about it, I could find many other examples where, of mutually exclusive activities. So the question is, where does religion fall? Is it one of the things that can be applied with something else, or is it a mutually exclusive activity? Well. I think there are certainly complementary practices, and we've talked about that a little bit before. Um, as a matter of fact, there have been recent articles on things that uh, where Christians could benefit from Zen or Buddhism. And I have Christian friends who practice Zazen meditation, and they say that the calming and the centering helps them. And you know, they come to the Zendo and meditate first on a Sunday morning early, and then they go to church and they feel more centered and able to focus on the, the sermon. And I think there are certainly things that Zen could learn from other traditions and from Christianity. For example, Zen very often tends to be a solitary practice and we aren't very good at community building and fellowship. And I think that's something that, that Zen could learn from Christianity. Um, so there are certainly complementary practices where one tradition could take you know bits and pieces from another to their benefit. 
but I don't think that's what the question is asking. So when I feel that when it comes down to it, is this not or is religion not a matter of what feels true to the person asking the question? And is it hypocrisy to fake it just to be safe, to be on the safe side? Um, in terms of Zen, I can I can state you know pretty authoritatively I think what counts in Zen are two basic things you need to have faith or maybe we should say confidence in the path and the principles uh, meaning the principles meaning the Four Noble Truths um, and you've got to to really feel the truth of that because the path is to spend endless hours in meditation and the meditation, in my experience, is what helps you to see the truth uh, of, of the Four Noble Truths and to see the, the results of the practice and it's kind of a positive feedback loop that just keeps building on itself. Um, but if you don't feel that way, if you don't see that result in your meditation, then it's very, very hard to do, just to be sure. Um, just imagine sitting still and silent for hours when you didn't see any you know, didn't really believe in a benefit from it. Um, imagine a, a marathoner that hates running. You know, if you if you hate running and you run a marathon, that's going to be just abject misery. So, I don't see somebody seriously practicing Zen just as a to be sure. From the Christian perspective, well, it's a little bit harder for me to say because I, I'm not a Christian. I I don't get it by definition, but you know, so I guess the question to me would be, what counts to God, or what counts to Jesus? Is it going to church every Sunday and, and saying the words, or is it deep down belief and acceptance that counts? In terms of my past, I've said the words uh, in confirmation class and to uh, get out of a cleaning closet where I was <laughs> locked in with a guy firing off verses at me until I said I was saved. And I have said I have said the words, you know, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, and and you know those kinds of things. I went to church for for uh, at least ten years with my older children to bring them up, and and through the religious tradition prevalent in their native land. Um, I did stop taking the sacraments and and you know saying the Nicene Creed, but. I was following the rest of the the practice in terms of going and and you know participating, um, and in fact I tried very sincerely in my own way to open myself to God. As a matter of fact, we were on a retreat in uh, in a Catholic retreat center, and we were meditating. These were a, a contemplation meditations on uh, passages from the Bible, and I said, you know, I'm no fool if if there is a God, I want to know God. I want a relationship with God. So in my own way, I tried very, very sincerely to open myself to say, I'm here, I'm asking, I'm listening. Please speak to me. And I don't necessarily mean that in a literal sense. Because I figured maybe I just hadn't really sincerely asked, maybe I hadn't opened myself, maybe I hadn't been still and quiet enough or whatever, but I really, really tried and I got no 
answer no indication um, so you know the question is what counts I guess in terms of contradictions Zen tries not to conflict and with a, and most Zen teachers will tell you that there's no conflict between Zen and, and other religious traditions in terms of you know Zen doesn't really claim exclusive truth with a capital T that there are not other paths to liberation or salvation depending on which word you use um, Zen sees value in other paths and religious traditions um, Zen does not necessarily deny God and a heaven and a hell but perhaps sees it in a very very different way and uses different terms but you know it doesn't really deny that because the focus is more on right here right now the the answer to metaphysical questions about gods and heavens and hells and afterlifes and stuff like that is usually well maybe maybe not we don't really know but even so really the best way to get there and to take care of those issues is to do the best we can right here right now on earth in this life this body to be compassionate to other people so Zen really you know tries not to conflict with other traditions and sees no inherent conflict um, conflict in an active sense but it but it's also true and fair to say there are contradictions there are that's why there are different religious paths for people to follow depending on what they feel to be true and I would say probably to give an example the most serious contradiction for somebody who's trying to follow both paths without just mouthing the words to get a, a ticket punched so to speak would be the idea of the soul in Christianity the immortal soul is an, is an absolutely essential concept um, because that's what you're trying to save if you don't believe in an immortal soul then there's no reason to uh, to try to save it and Buddhism and Zen there's the absolute opposite concept of uh, the ancient word is anatman which means no self um, and again this this gets you know very poorly translated and understood sometimes in Western culture without a long you know experience in the teachings and the explaining it sounds very nihilist and negative and ridiculous what do you mean no self I'm sitting right here obviously there's a self there's a Randy yes that's true absolutely true nobody's trying to deny that but if we look very very carefully at that self and try to define that self um, I'll just speak for myself and and you know what I see in my life is is the truth that the the uh, the Buddha taught is that there is no fixed self no unchanging self whenever I try to define myself it's always in relationship to something else I am a, a father I am a husband I am a a uh, computer programmer or whatever or even if you use adjectives like I am creative while well, you're creating what something else or I am curious curious about what you know the outside world so then the important thing about this is that all the things that you're defining yourself in relation to 
whenever you look at any of those situations, they can all change your status as a student, your age, your status of employment, what you do, your relationship status, are you married, are you not, now you're divorced and married again, or, you know, all those kinds of things are changing and impermanent. So if you're defining yourself as based on relationships to things that are themselves impermanent, that shows that there is no permanent abiding uh, self. So anyway, we could go on and on about that, but we won't do that. And again, this, this could be a whole long talk in and of itself. But if, if all of your experience, if all of your searching and questioning leads you to a deep, deep feeling that there is no permanent, unchanging self, then that basically denies an immortal soul. And that's a core belief for uh, Buddhism. So you've got these two core beliefs, and and they're very contradictory. And if you don't feel the truth of one of the core tenets of a religion in your bones, then then can that path really work for you? Could you really sincerely, you know, punch that ticket, so to speak? And if it doesn't, why bother? I know that Zen won't work if you don't see the reality of no self in your life and through your meditation. And I wonder if God would accept you if you've been mouthing the words all your life and don't really believe. I mean, we all know when our children are lying to us, telling us what they know we want to hear, even though they don't really believe what we are telling them. Would God not see through us even more clearly than we see through our children? So if that's the case, why, why even try to fake it? Um, so for me, the answer is clear. You know, you can you could practice two different religions if you want to, and I and I sincerely think that it makes sense to to you know broaden yourself and to try different traditions and see what rings true for you, and and maybe borrow bits and pieces from different traditions that are complementary. But in the end, you must search yourself very carefully and completely and see what resonates for you, what sounds true to you. And then that is the path for you, which you should then follow with all your heart. That is what both Jesus and Buddha taught, what they said are necessary. And even aside from religion, we know that dedication is what is needed to succeed in any endeavor, sincerity and dedication. So that's my answer to the question. Someone else's answer may be different, but my answer is you need to find the one path that speaks to you and follow it sincerely. May all beings find peace.